Talking Back. I'm your host, Dr. Paula Sperry. For the next half hour, I invite you to join me as we explore health issues in the news and learn from those involved in keeping our community healthy. Our goal is not to diagnose or to suggest treatment, but to celebrate your body's innate potential to heal itself. Today I'm with Dr. Tom Bober. He's with FatLossCapeCod.com on location in beautiful downtown Dennis, right here on Cape Cod. Hey, welcome to the show, Tom. I've known you a long time. You've been a great doctor of chiropractic. You're a fabulous musician. I mean, I just can't believe all the things you get involved with. And then when I heard that you did weight management consulting with FatLossCapeCod.com, I was very excited because this is the time of year where we're all laying around going, hmm, maybe I should do something about this extra few pounds. Yep, yep. So how did you get involved with uh, weight loss? I would say from the beginning of my practice, nutrition has always been central Mm -hmm. to the way I practice chiropractic. It was impossible for me to separate physical pain with the chemical imbalances that require some nutritional help. Uh, Over the years, I've watched different models of weight loss, those models that seemed to be effective and ones that I didn't think were a good fit for my patients. Starting back when I was in chiropractic school, everybody was convinced that if they just moved more and they ate less, magically the weight would come off. And perhaps that works short term, but long term, what I found was that was signaling my patients' bodies to slow their metabolism. You know, if they went too long in a calorie-restricted state, their body would perceive that some famine was just around the corner. So you better start hoarding that stuff in the fat cells. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So many people that grew up with the caloric restriction model, and there are certainly many programs that utilize that model, long-term, I would see those people not only gain back the weight they lost, but due to the changes in their metabolism, they often would gain 10, 15, 20 pounds on top of everything they lost. The next obvious, the idea, well, if I just remove carbohydrates, that's just going to be the answer for everything. Well, that was the Atkins diet to start out, right? Exactly, yeah. So Atkins came up in the late 60s and early 70s. That became very popular, a way of addressing uh, the weight loss mystery And cleaning arteries and things, too. Absolutely. I want to stress that there's not one right model, but my goal always with all of my patients is to look at, and hopefully with as much laboratory data as possible, what's right for this particular patient. Yeah, we're all different. Exactly, exactly. And every one of my patients, I want to counsel them with as much information as I can gather that's objective, as much laboratory data as I can to find what's unique to them, to find what program works best for them. After looking at low carbohydrate, Atkins-based kinds of diets, uh, I was then introduced about 10 years ago to time-restricted eating, sometimes called intermittent fasting. 
And for my own personal needs, having grown up in a household where breakfast was the most important meal of the day, while it seemed like sacrilege, I found personally that when I took and pushed my eating window to six to eight hours, Mm -hmm. I was very effectively changing my body composition. So that was a very powerful example in my own personal history as to how I could affect changes in body composition simply by not how many calories I ate, but when in the day I ate those calories. And did it matter how many calories you ate? Um, Not really if they were quality calories. Oh, yeah. I was open to someone that could put a system together. And so I was introduced to a gentleman named Ray Wisniewski. He's in Pittsburgh, and he developed the Nutrimos system, an excellent system to use as a foundation, and fatlosscapecod.com grew from there. Okay. So using the Nutrimos data for about five years, I then took the data that worked best out of that system, Mm -hmm. adding to it much of the data of Dr. Jason Fung. Jason Fung is a a nephrologist, a kidney doctor. He's in the Toronto area. Did he have something to do with diabetes? He wrote a, a pretty seminal book called The Diabetes Code and the Diabetes Code that followed that. And his idea was utilizing this time-restricted model to focus on insulin. So everybody in the world of diabetes has been focused on sugar. Mm-hmm. And as people advance in clinical care with a diagnosis of diabetes, they move from sugar managing drugs like uh, metformin, and then all of a sudden they're into insulin. And his observation was, well, I take these people who are already overweight, who are coming to me because they have kidney problems, and I start prescribing insulin, and what happens? They get fatter. Wow. And if getting fat was the problem, Making them fatter certainly can't be the solution. Right. (laughs) So he created his intensive weight loss program, and that really became the model for how I put fatlosscapecod.com together. The primary foundation of obesity is a hormone imbalance. Wow. And the primary hormone that we need to look at Mm -hmm. is insulin. Wow, yeah. So when people work through our process, which is a 90-day program, I help them understand in a way of reverse engineering, asking them the question, if instead of wanting to be thin, if you wanted to be fat, how would you do it? And they kind of That's an interesting question. Yeah, well, they scratch their head. And so what I explain to them is, I want you to imagine that you're building a house, and that house is called obesity. And like every house, it's going to have a foundation. Mm -hmm. That foundation for what we're looking at is a hormone imbalance. And the primary hormone that we're going to work with is insulin. And insulin affects other hormones. Leptin and ghrelin that tell us when we're hungry and when we're full. Cortisol, which is our stress hormone. There's a relationship with growth hormone. There's a relationship with testosterone, with brain-derived neurotrophic factor. There's a whole host of hormones that are all interconnected. But to think that... The foundation of this house of obesity is this hormone imbalance. Now we're going to build the walls. And like every house, there's four walls. The primary wall, of course, is calories. We can't just eat more calories than we need. There's no question about that. But that's not the only wall. Like Atkins, the second wall that we need to think about is carbohydrates. And what's our carbohydrate load? Mm -hmm. If we're eating things that 
either are sugar, like the cookies, or if we're eating things that turn into sugar, like bagels and pasta and bread, that's certainly going to be a factor. The third thing that I like to introduce is the idea of time-restricted eating. If I look at the hours in the day from when I start eating to when I finish, and black coffee doesn't count, that number of hours I want to be able to control. And the fourth wall, the one that I just had to introduce in the last couple of years, which I thought was obvious, but looking at patients coming in off the street, I realized wasn't, mm-hmm. was chemicals. So, you know, we can talk about the chemicals that we get from our environment, which are mm-hmm. certainly a problem. Things they put in their mouth <laughs> that they potentially think are foods, but are yeah. so laden with chemicals that they undermine the hormone balance. Dr. Bober, this is all so very interesting, and there's so many facets to weight loss that people don't think of. They know one or more of some of these things. This is probably why they fail at so miserably at permanently changing their metabolism and health in a way that causes them to be thin and have energy. Right. Energy is another thing I'd love to talk to you about. Sure. Right after I tell everyone that you are listening to Talking Back, today I'm interviewing Dr. Tom Bober. He is a chiropractor in Dennis. He also is the originator of FatLossCapeCod.com. By the way, you're listening to WOMR Radio at 92.1 FM or 91.3 FM out of Orleans, or you're streaming online at www.womr.org. Hey, check out that website for the podcasts, and if you think this show that you're listening to today can help someone else, then what you need to do is to send them the MP3 link right off the podcast on WOMR.org. We were talking about the four walls built on the foundation of the house that cause the building of obesity in our system. One thing that goes along with that, especially since you so eloquently put all those hormones in touch with each other, what about our energy? So many people not only are overweight, Absolutely. but they're overtired. Of course. One of the other primary hormones that's going to be influenced by chemicals in the environment is thyroid hormone. Mm-hmm. And if there's an imbalance in either thyroid production or if there's nutrients missing that interfere with the body's ability to create its own thyroid hormone, there's no question they're not going to have the energy that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And more and more of the toxicities that we find in the environment, plastics that we see, heavy metals that we see, are all things that we have to support the body's own detoxification systems as a way of trying to give as much of a possibility for the body to produce the hormones on their own. Many people are frustrated because they try one model of weight loss and it doesn't work for them. And then they try another model of weight loss, which doesn't work for them. And sometimes I feel what they're missing is there's a little piece of all of these puzzles that we have to put together for each patient. Mm-hmm. And to say that this is the only system that's going to work, I don't think serves our patients right. to the best degree. It's definitely not one size for it's all. There's the obvious chemicals in foods. There's the obvious foods that are packaged. They're in a bag. They're in a box. They're kind of in the middle of the grocery store Mm -hmm. that I say, well, you know, if it doesn't rot, it's not food. If your great-grandmother wouldn't recognize it as food, it's probably not food. Mm -hmm. So those are the obvious first interventions to get those kinds of products out of our house and out of our food supply. 
But then there's the more subtle things that look at what goes into the production of our meat product, like corn, like soy, like antibiotics, like mm -hmm. growth hormones. In terms of our financial resources, we have to be willing to dedicate a certain percentage of our income to finding those food sources to ensure that what we are getting is able to actually nourish us and what we are getting will provide the nutrients that we need for the pathways in our body to work mm -hmm. to move whatever toxins are inside of our system out of our body. So one of the things that we have to discuss are rate limiting nutrients or enzyme systems in the body that without the right nutrition don't work. Mm. And of course, one of the biggest things that we see, my population base is 50s, 60s, 70s. There's very few patients that aren't well, you're right on. here in Dennis Cape Cod. <laughs> exactly. Of course, that's your population. You know, many of them come uh, <laughs> in the door with the little card that has all the various pharmaceuticals that they're on. And unfortunately, well... And the medical people refer folks to you. Yeah, too. they certainly do. They certainly yeah. do. But one of the puzzles is, okay... I know that you're on a particular pharmaceutical. Let's say you're coming on a cholesterol drug and that statin drug I know is going to create nutrient deficiencies. Mm -hmm. Or let's say you're on a blood pressure medication, which I know is going to be pulling magnesium out of your body. Right. All of these nutrient deficiencies are things yeah. that we got to help. Yeah. Yeah. Like CoQ10 if exactly. you're on a statin. Exactly, exactly, yeah. 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 So, I mean, all of the ACE inhibitors, calcium channel blockers, yeah. uh, wow. are things that are going to pull nutrients out of our body, so especially minerals. So how do you account for that? I mean, these people have to be on those medications, otherwise right. they wouldn't be. Yeah, well, this is, this is where the team approach has to be a part of how we move our patients forward. Mm -hmm. It can't just be the program that we're doing in our office. There has to be an interface with either their primary care or their endocrinologist or their cardiologist to say, you're medicated because you've made lifestyle choices. Those lifestyle choices have caused some central obesity. We wanna get you off of that. And we have to do it in a very conservative approach. And step one is understanding the paradigm that the patient is the captain of the team. I'm just the coach. And as such, the patient has to look at his or her entire team and say, okay, I'm going to take responsibility and I'm going to coordinate that. And usually the first two things that have to happen is people have to be checking their sugars all the time. Mm. People have to be checking their blood pressure all the time. Mm -hmm. And if they've been medicated for a certain mass or a certain weight, as that weight goes down, they have to interface with their whomever it is that right. is prescribing the medication to say... And have it adjusted. Exactly. And one of the scariest things that we have to kind of hold our patient's hands with is as they're ratcheting down their weight and their need for medication goes lower, if they're diabetic or tend towards diabetes and they experience a lowered sugar, that can be frightening. If they're on blood pressure medication and they experience a lowered blood pressure, that can be frightening. Mm. So really making sure that the patient understands that they're captain of the team and they have to coordinate with all of their physicians so that we're all working together. One of the big problems I find when I try to hit that team approach switch with yeah, patients, right. oftentimes they are waiting for the doctor to make the decisions for them or the doctor to tell them what to do. Yeah. So the, putting this patient first as the team leader is a very unique position for many people. It is, but it's part and parcel to their growth. 
character. It's almost like taking responsibility Absolutely. for yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> it it oh. becomes kind of a screening process when patients are first coming into the office that I need to know that they're going to accept their role as captain of the team. Right. And if that seems uncomfortable to them, then it's probably not a good fit. At the end of the day, if your symptoms, so say you're diabetic, and your diabetic neuropathy means you can't even feel your toes, isn't that a strong enough motivation to say, it's about time for me to step up to the plate and be captain of the team? Because if the medical interventions that you've been using are taking you down a pathway that doesn't appear to be getting better, wouldn't it be incumbent upon you to look for other choices and to be the pilot, to be the person that's right. driving that plane out of crisis into wellness. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Point. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, you've tuned into Talking Back. I'm Dr. Paula Sperry here with Dr. Thomas Bober, and we are in Dennis, Massachusetts on location at his offices talking about fatlosscapecod.com. As you're talking, I'm thinking, wait, this doesn't just go for fat people. This is like for all people, including really skinny people who can't gain weight. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, it's important to understand that these hormone imbalances can exhibit themselves as obesity, but they can also exhibit themselves as hypertension, hypercholesterolemia, a tendency towards various cancers. Uh, when we look at what, according to the CDC, are the things that are going to take our lives in the United States, it's heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes. These are all, quote unquote, inflammatory diseases. So as a result, it is part and parcel to all of my patients to counsel them as to these are the ways we can downregulate inflammation. Mm -hmm. Or and, get rid of it. And get rid of it yeah. entirely. Absolutely. You know, the goal in our office is to keep a person in a youthful body absolutely as late as life in po as possible, mm -hmm. which is a little bit different than saying, I want to live as long as possible. Because if, if you're telling me that living a long life means I don't remember my name and I have to wear a diaper, that to me isn't really... It's not living. Yeah, it's not living, exactly. Mm. But I have had so many people in their 90s still skiing, still boating, you know, traveling, having trips, having fun, great marriages, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. So I've seen that it can <laughs> oh, wow. be can be done mm. uh, if people are willing to make the right choices. Yeah. Yeah. If I may, the other thing that I wanted to point out is for many people, both men and women, the idea of being overweight is a source of shame. And when we take the shackles of obesity off of them, one of the most gratifying things is to see that self-esteem just shine bright again. Wow. Yeah, that's a real pleasure. I've had mm -hmm. patients who are morbidly obese, people who have done multiple programs. I've worked with them for a couple of years, a few of them. To lose 100, 150, 200 pounds and literally be half the person you are changes that person's self-esteem which then affects every other dynamic in their life. Of course, it's going to affect their marriage. It's going to affect the way they function at work. It's going to affect all these other dynamics. And I can't think of a more exciting kind of work to do, which is why I don't imagine I would ever stop to see the look of gratitude when that self-esteem turns back on. And it's, it's so very evident with women who sometimes start the program 
every outfit I see them in is a baggy pair of sweatpants. And then all of a sudden, one day, it's heels and a dress and there's makeup and nails and stuff. And you can <laughs> wow. see that the switch yeah. has changed. That's, that's something that we can never forget, that our quality of life isn't just a set of numbers. It's just not what's on the scale. It's not our body fat percentage. It's also how we walk through the world and how we feel about ourselves. Dr. Bober, why don't we talk a little bit more about the fitness component of all of this? Because obviously, you can't just go through this process that you provide with fatlosscapecod.com and have people like lose weight by just what they're putting in their mouth from their table. What else do we have to do to be extraordinarily healthy? Excellent, excellent point. So. While I feel the best return on investment in my office is getting as much weight off as quickly as possible, to achieve our end goal, which is being in a youthful body as late in life as possible, we now have to be strong. I find this to be more important for my female patients than my male patients. Many of my male patients, even though they're overweight, because so many of the gentlemen I work with are in the trades, they have a great deal of muscle. Once the weight is off, they already have the definition there. They're already in an activity that helps to make them fit. More often, the women that I'm working with, for whatever reason, have shied away from entering into a a fitness regimen, Mm -hmm. which is the next natural step. That how I practice is like a ladder. Okay. And while weight loss is rung one on the ladder, Fitness has to be rung too. Mm. So in the office, we have a training gym as well. So right now I've got three trainers that work part-time. Sometimes people want to be with a man. Sometimes they want to be with a woman or vice versa. And Mm. whatever chemistry works out, we want to match them up. But it's very important that we teach them how to train either themselves. Uh, You know, some people like to go to a trainer multiple times a week. Uh, In my own personal circumstance, I wanted to learn how to train myself Mm -hmm. and then train myself at home. And uh, that is generally the goal that I I help people with. I've been very influenced by a biomedical engineer. His name is John Jaquish. Uh, He wrote a fabulous book examining the very hormone responses that were important in weight loss, but then taking the direction into, well, what are the hormones that are involved in fitness? And having grown up playing sports, playing soccer, playing basketball, running, hiking, I thought cardiovascular exercise was the end-all, be-all. And if Mm. I just ran further, ran faster, I would achieve the hormone goals that I was looking for. And what Dr. Jaquish taught me was it's only when we produce the right hormones that we're going to build muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And that really was the end goal that I wanted my patients to understand. If what we're looking to do is build muscle, well, guess what? We've got to produce testosterone and we've got to produce growth hormone. And yes, even women produce testosterone. If we're going to build those two hormones, what we've got to do is do resistance training. Mm-hmm. And the problem with resistance training I found was people would go to the gym they would do resistance training with so little weight that they would not achieve the hormone result that they were looking for. So Mm. that was either a waste of your time or a waste of money or both. Right. The other end of the spectrum was, uh, you know, especially guys, they just want to be guys and show how great and strong they are. They would then go to the gym. They would lift way more weight than they could comfortably lift Mm -hmm. and they would hurt themselves and that would take them out of the game. So what uh, I found with Dr. Jake was is he had developed a system where the resistance 
through the exercise varies. That is, when I start the exercise, there's virtually no resistance. As I move through the exercise, it gets harder and harder and harder right, and harder. Right, right. So that at the peak of my exercise, when my muscles are the strongest, I am achieving the greatest amount of resistance. And when I'm starting or finishing the exercise, there's almost no resistance at all. So I'm putting almost no pressure on the joints. Now, in the case of women, mm -hmm. we're not so concerned about building big, massive muscle. We are concerned about building bone. Exactly. So how can women use exercise to build up bone with all those hormones that are involved to do that? Whether it's building bone or whether it's building muscle, it's the same crew of hormones that are gonna direct that deposition and joints as well. Whether we're talking about collagen, whether we're talking about muscle, whether we're talking about bones, if we're building testosterone and growth hormone, we're gonna get all that. It's kind of the fountain of youth. Right, and so we need a nice balance of stretching, aerobics, and weight training mm -hmm. or resistance exercise. And especially having been trained properly, Mm -hmm. so that we're not going to create injuries that set us back. Okay. So my observation personally was, uh, you know, we have a second home in New Hampshire. I'm either skiing or climbing most weekends. Doing less cardio during the week, but using this variable resistance system, I was lowering climbing times by 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes. Climbs that I had been doing for the last 10 years. I'm, I'm 53. I should be getting slower, but I'm not. And the idea was understanding how to produce these hormones was absolutely pivotal in being able to build not just more muscle mass, but never forget, your heart is a giant sponge. It wants testosterone. It has more receptors than any other part of the body. So if the only thing that you're doing is cardio, 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 you're producing cortisol, 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 cortisol. He gives a great model, and I love this model, is if you were to build an automobile, you have a choice. You can build a Prius, super fuel efficient, mm -hmm. very light, light frame, small, or you can build a Ford Mustang, big engine, big frame. Now, you have the choice of which way you want to go, but if you're doing endless cardio, you're building a Prius, whether you know that or not. And if you look at the distinction between Olympic marathoners and look at their body versus the people who are doing hurdles and sprints, very different body type. Right. Marathoner is a Prius. Yep. The sprinter, the hurdler, he looks like a Ford Mustang. Some of it's just genetic too. Well, that's true, but I always say there's a bell curve yeah. and I, I want to always yeah. be able to push one side or the other side of the bell curve to say, okay, yeah, genetics gives me a certain amount of latitude, but I want to push myself. So Dr. Bobert, I just want a few words about what everybody's probably thinking at this point with fatlosscapecod.com. Once you help people realizing that they are the director of their own program of losing poundage and gaining health, how does one keep it off? By the time they have finished all the lessons that we have to teach them, mm -hmm. the very last three weeks of the program are self-directed with us simply overseeing how they put their program together. So I want you to imagine, for those of you that have children and you've been helping them learn how to ride a bike, you start with training wheels and you put the helmet on and you put their knee pads on. Uh, and then at some point there comes a day where all those pads come off and the training wheels come off and that child has mastery over riding the bike. Our program works the same way. When we get to the end of the program, we're still overseeing what they're doing, but they are programming their week. 
And programming their week means understanding that we as humans, when we get together, we eat and drink. That's what we do. And there has to be a piece of that in every week. Otherwise, we become a pariah. And that's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. But there also has to be periods where we give our digestive tract a rest. And whether that's a low-calorie day or some of the other strategies that we use to make sure each week is in balance. Not the same every day. But understanding that there is a cycle to the week, there's a cycle to the month, there's a cycle to the year. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's really the key. And once they get it, <laughs> okay. they're well, on Well, this own. has been a very exciting interview uh, for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people out there who were coming, you know, into the springish time of year. We've got the summer to look forward to. Bathing suit season's right yeah. around the corner. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> a lot of people may be interested in maybe learning some more about fatlosscapecod.com. Is that the best way to get a hold of Absolutely. you? Absolutely. There's information about the program, and there is a sheet that they can sign in to get any questions that they have answered. There's absolutely no obligation to come in and understand what it is that we do. And you don't mind uh, consulting them no. at the beginning to see if it's a right fit? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Great. Well, I wanna thank you for your time today, Doc. My pleasure, thank you for having me. Yep, and uh, thank you for joining us here on Talking Back. Thank you for tuning into Talking Back. Talking Back is heard on WOMR Radio at 92.1 FM at this time each week. If you have news or comments to share, or you would like to be a guest on Talking Back, write, call, or email this station care of Dr. Paula Sperry, WOMR FM Radio, Post Office Box 975. Provincetown, Massachusetts, 02657. Or you can give us a call. We're at 508-487-2619 or 1-800-921-9667. We're also at www.womr.org online. Tune in next week. And until we meet again, please remember to love your body. <laughs>